الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد So this evening we continue with our talks on knowledge and its importance, its virtues and important points about the ruling and reward for seeking knowledge about the religion. Previously we spoke about some of the ayat in the Qur'an that speak about knowledge and that clarify its importance and its virtues and also the status of its people, the scholars, the knowledgeable, uh, those who have knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his religion. Today we look at some of the ahadith from the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam which clarify the status of knowledge and one of those ahadith, one of those narrations from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam is a famous hadith reported by the noble companion Abu Darda radiallahu ta'ala anhu and in this hadith there is an explanation of the importance of seeking knowledge and also of the fadl, the virtue and the reward of seeking knowledge and the status of the scholars those who have knowledge of the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the scholars of the past have given attention to this hadith and they've explained it in their works uh, and this talk is taken from a number of sources it's taken from the the commentary <coughs> by Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala <coughs> and uh, also the, uh, the dedicated commentary which was authored by Al-Imam Ibn Rajab rahimahullahu ta'ala who has a separate uh, 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 a dedicated risala or treatise in which he has explained this hadith and so we want to take some points of benefit and some lessons from this hadith and looking at the commentary of the scholars we will find that many topics are covered uh, and other narrations from the Sunnah, from the ahadith of the Prophet wasallam, are also mentioned by them in, in their commentaries to this hadith. And the text of the hadith is as follows. And this hadith is reported by Imam Abu Dawood in his Sunan as well as in other collections of hadith and it's a hadith which the scholars have graded as Hassan, authentic, and uh, it is reliable enough to accept as a hadith which is authentic from the statement of the Prophet And the wording in the Sunan of Abu Dawood is as follows. 
عن كثير بن قيس قال كنت جالسا مع ابي الدرداء في مسجد دمشق فجاءه رجل فقال يا ابا الدرداء اني جئتك من مدينه الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم لحديث بلغني انك تحدثه عن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ما جئت لحاجه قال فاني سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول من سلك طريقا يطلب فيه علما سلك الله به طريقا من طرق الجنه وان الملائكه لتضع اجنحتها رضا لطالب العلم وان العالم لا يستغفر له من في السماوات ومن في الارض والحيتان في جوف الماء وان فضل العالم على العابد كفضل القمر ليله البدر على سائر الكواكب وان العلماء ورثه الانبياء وان الانبياء لم يورثوا دينارا ولا درهما ورثوا العلم فمن اخذه اخذ بحظ وافر so in this hadith kathir ibn qais reports he says, I was once sitting with Abu Darda in the Masjid of Damascus and a man came to him and he said, O oh Abu Darda, I have come to you from the Medina, from the city of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam because of a hadith which, I, which it has reached me that you narrate from the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And I have come for no other need, just to hear this hadith. So Abu Darda radiallahu anhu said, Then in that case, I heard the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam say, Whoever follows a path, seeking therein knowledge, then Allah will put him on a path from the path to al-Jannah, to paradise. And verily, the malaika, the angels, lay down their wings in approval of the talibul ilm, of the seeker of knowledge. And verily, the creation of Allah seeks forgiveness. The creation of Allah from those that are in the heavens and, the, and those that are on earth seek forgiveness ask allah's forgiveness for the alim for the scholar the knowledgeable person even the fish in the sea and verily the superiority of the scholar over the abid the worshiper is like that of the uh, the full moon over the rest of the planets in the sky and verily the scholars are the inheritors of the prophets and the prophets left no money or monetary wealth as inheritance they left knowledge so whoever takes this takes a great portion or takes a great amount so in this hadith the companion abu darda radiyallahu anhu mentioned in this most important and, and most beautiful hadith a number of things that the Prophet ﷺ told us about seeking knowledge 
and about those who are knowledgeable about Allah's religion. And in this hadith, there are many, many points explaining some important principles about knowledge and about seeking knowledge and about the reward for seeking knowledge and about the superiority and the status of the scholars which should make every Muslim interested and keen to take part in this noble ibadah, this worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this aspect of worship and this aspect of dhikr, this aspect of remembering Allah, as we'll come to see, that seeking knowledge is one of the most uh, important and one of the best forms of dhikr, of remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it should make a Muslim realize the importance and the great blessing of having scholars, people who are knowledgeable about the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and how they are superior and they are better for us than a normal believer who worships Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and does ibadah for his own good. And there is a story or there's an incident behind Abu Darda mentioning this hadith as we just read that when Abu Darda was in Damascus and Abu Darda was one of those companions of the Prophet Sallallahu who settled eventually in Damascus and Abu Darda is a well-known Sahabi companion of the Prophet Sallallahu who was known for his knowledge and his righteousness and his worship of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and in fact, he was one of those companions that Umar radiallahu anhu during his khilafah, during his caliphate, Umar radiallahu anhu sent him to the people of Asham, to the people of the area which is now known as Syria and the surrounding areas, to teach the people their religion and to teach them the Quran. He was one of those who taught the Quran to the people who came to Islam in the area of Asham. So he settled in Damascus and he taught the people there their religion and he was sent as a teacher, as a scholar to teach the people of that region. So while he was in Damascus, a man came to him from Medina, from, the, from uh, Al-Medina and Nabawiyya. And he said to him, I've come to you from the Medina, from the city of the Prophet ﷺ, because of a hadith that I heard you narrate from the Prophet ﷺ. And in this, there is a reminder for us and a, and a lesson for us that the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ and his hadith, the things that he said, the things that the Prophet ﷺ said and the narrations that tell us what he did. His ahadith are so precious and so important and so dear to the one who wants to know Islam that the pious predecessors, the scholars of the past and the salaf, our pious predecessors, they used to travel 
They used to travel to different lands just to hear the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ narrated by a companion. And there are many examples of this in the books of biographies and histories. There are many examples of scholars and righteous people in the past traveling to seek knowledge. And this is something which will come up later as an important point about seeking knowledge. And that knowledge is something that deserves to be traveled for, to go to the scholars, to go to the people of knowledge, and to hear them and to learn from them. So this man came to Abu Darda in Damascus and he t told him that I've come from Medina and I've come for no other reason. I haven't come here for any business. I haven't come here to trade or anything like this. I've come for a single reason and that is to hear a hadith which I heard that you narrate from the Prophet And so in response to him, Abu Darda did something which is taken from the sunnah of the Prophet and in fact it is something which is taken from the Qur'an and that is that he first gave him glad tidings by narrating to him this hadith about seeking knowledge and what is what appears to be the case as the scholars have mentioned is that this man was not asking about this hadith the man who came to Abu Darda was not asking about this specific hadith that Abu Darda first narrated to him. He was asking about some other hadith. But before Abu Darda responded to his request, he first gave him these glad tidings by narrating to him this statement of the Prophet ﷺ, whoever, seeks, whoever follows a path in search of knowledge or in seeking knowledge therein, then Allah will put him on a path from the paths of Jannah to the paths that lead to paradise. And he mentioned the rest of this hadith. And in this, there is a benefit or there is a lesson that the scholar, the teacher and the scholar should welcome the student of knowledge and he should give him glad tidings of a great reward that is hoped for him from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as I said, this is from the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam, as we'll see in a hadith where the Prophet wasallam, himself mentioned the student of knowledge and welcomed him and he said, Marhaban bitalib al-ilm. Marhaban bitalib al-ilm. Welcome to the student of knowledge. When a companion came to him once seeking knowledge, then the Prophet wasallam, gave him these glad tidings. And from this, and from what Allah has mentioned in the Quran, in the ayah, in Surah Al-An'am, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَإِذَا جَاءَكَ الَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِآيَاتِنَا فَقُلْ سَلَامٌ عَلَيْكُمْ كَتَبَ رَبُّكُمْ عَلَى نَفْسِهِ الرَّحْمَةِ From this ayah, which means, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, addressing His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when those who believe in our signs, in our ayat, when they come to you, then say to them, Salamun alaykum. Allah has written upon himself mercy. And this ayah was used by the scholars in the past to welcome and to mention the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for those who come seeking knowledge. 
And the Prophet ﷺ himself welcomed the student of knowledge. And this shows the virtue of seeking knowledge about the religion and traveling and exerting effort and resources in order to understand the religion of Allah from the Quran and from the Sunnah of His Messenger Now let us look at each part of this hadith, this great and beautiful hadith and see what the scholars have said about the glad tidings and the principles that are mentioned in this hadith. In the first part of the hadith, the Prophet said, Man salaka tariqan yatlubu fihi ilma, salaka Allahu bihi tariqan min turqil jannah. Whoever treads a path seeking therein knowledge, then Allah will put him on a path from the paths to Al Jannah, to paradise. And in some ahadith, the Prophet said, Sahalallahu lahu bihi tariqan ilal jannah. Allah will make easy for him a path uh, to Jannah. And the scholars mention that. Uh, seek or following a path to knowledge following a path in seeking knowledge it means two things there are two possible uh, meanings both of which are correct in this part of the hadith the first is that this refers to, to physically traveling and physically taking a path taking a physical path Meaning to walk and to travel to the sittings of knowledge, to the gatherings of the scholars, to where a person can study and where a person can uh, learn from the teachers, from those who, who teach knowledge. So this is the first, this is the first uh, aspect of Treading a path in order to seek knowledge. And the second thing is that it also refers to taking a path which is not a, a, a real path, but in the abstract sense, a path uh, where a person studies like, like revising knowledge and memorizing the Quran and the Sunnah, revising it with colleagues and uh, discussing it and trying to understand it and trying to uh, find out what the scholars say about it. So all of these things are included within this concept of treading a path to seek knowledge. It includes physically traveling, walking to the masjid, walking to the places of knowledge, traveling across the land and the sea to go to the countries and to go to the lands where the scholars are to seek knowledge from them. And it also includes revising knowledge, memorizing and studying. All of these are included within the concept of, of following a path to seek knowledge. And in this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewards a person and aids a person if he makes these efforts 
by making easy for him a path to Jannah or by putting him on a path to Jannah. And this help from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it comes in different forms. And the scholars have mentioned uh, a number of, of ways in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may facilitate for the seeker of knowledge a path to Jannah. So this hadith tells us that knowledge, seeking knowledge, is a cause for going to Jannah. It is one of the ways in which a person can get to paradise, to Jannah. And this is enough to encourage a person to give importance to knowledge. And in fact, there is no other way to, to attain Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's acceptance and to get to Al-Jannah except the path of knowledge. Because everything that we do and we say in our deen, in our religion, has to be based upon sound knowledge. And this is something which will come up and we'll talk about this in a bit more detail. But there are a number of ways from a number of different angles that the scholars have said that Allah facilitates for a person to get to Al-Jannah or to put him on a path to paradise if a person seeks knowledge. The first is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can facilitate for the talibul ilm, for the student of knowledge, the seeker of knowledge, Allah facilitates for them the very knowledge that they are seeking. Because knowledge itself is a path that takes a person to Jannah. So this is the first way. The first way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helps a person to get to Al-Jannah or to be on the path to Jannah is that Allah facilitates for that person who is seeking knowledge the very knowledge that he is seeking. Because knowledge itself is a path or it's a way that leads to Jannah. And we'll, we'll come on to see how that is in a minute. The second way in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's aid and assistance can come for the talibul ilm, for the seeker of knowledge, is that Allah makes easy for that student of knowledge to act by his knowledge, to put his knowledge into practice. If that, if that seeker of knowledge is sincere in his intention and he seeks this knowledge for Allah, to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah aids that person by enabling him to act according to that knowledge because action and worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and obedience to Allah this is the goal behind knowledge knowledge is not a goal in itself rather knowledge is sought in order to correct our beliefs our statements and our actions so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if a person sincerely seeks knowledge Allah enables that person to act according to that knowledge. So this becomes, a, a, his seeking of knowledge becomes a cause for him to be guided and, to, and for him to benefit by his knowledge. And that is because knowledge is of two kinds. Knowledge which benefits and knowledge which does not benefit. And the Prophet wasallam told us about this and he, in fact he used to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the knowledge which benefits 
And he used to seek refuge, he used to seek protection from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, from knowledge that does not benefit. So for example, we have the dua of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where he would ask Allah, he used to say, Allahumma inni as'aluka ilman nafi'a, wa rizqan tayyiba, wa amalan mutaqabbala, after Fajr. After he had prayed Al-Fajr, the Prophet ﷺ used to make this dua to start his day. Oh Allah, I ask you for beneficial knowledge and I ask you for good sustenance and I ask you to make my actions acceptable to you. And the Prophet ﷺ used to seek refuge he used to seek protection from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from, from, uh, from knowledge that does not benefit. And so he used to say, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min ilmin la yanfa'. Oh Allah, I seek refuge with you from knowledge that does not benefit. And from this the scholars have mentioned that knowledge, one classification of knowledge is that there is beneficial knowledge, al-ilm and nafi'. Beneficial knowledge and knowledge which does not benefit. And one aspect of beneficial knowledge is that it is the knowledge that is acted upon. Knowledge which, by which a person seeks guidance and seeks to worship Allah and seeks to be, obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with. It's not academic. It's not just theory. It's knowledge that a person puts into practice. And a knowledge that someone has and doesn't put into practice, then that knowledge is a hujja, is a proof against that person, and therefore it's a, it's a type of knowledge that does not benefit him. So the second thing that uh, the scholars have mentioned while commenting on this hadith is that one of the ways that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala aids the talibul ilm, the seeker of knowledge, is that Allah enables him and facilitates for him to act upon the knowledge that he is gaining so such that he becomes guided by it and he benefits from this knowledge the third way that scholars have mentioned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala aids and a person who seeks knowledge and puts him on a path to paradise is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes easy or facilitates for the student of knowledge who seeks this knowledge sincerely for Allah and tries to act upon, upon this knowledge, tries to implement it, Allah makes easy for him other knowledge, more knowledge that he didn't know that he can benefit by. And this is why there is a, uh, a, a, a statement that the scholars mentioned which they have taken from the Qur'an and the Sunnah and they say, the scholars say, they say, مَنْ عَمِلَ بِمَا عَلِمْ أَوْرَثَهُ اللَّهُ عِلْمَ مَا لَمْ يَعْلَمْ Whoever acts by what he knows, then Allah gives him knowledge and more knowledge or new knowledge that he did not previously know. مَنْ عَمِلَ بِمَا عَلِمْ مَنْ عَمِلَ بِمَا عَلِمْ 
Whoever acts upon the knowledge that he has gained or what he knows, then Allah provides for him new knowledge, more knowledge that he did not previously know. And this is a concept, this concept is indicated in numerous places in the Quran, in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Maryam, وَيَزِيدُ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ اهْتَدَوْا هُدَى And Allah will increase those who seek guidance. Those who try to be guided, Allah will, will increase them in guidance. So Allah adds to their guidance. If a person makes efforts and tries to be guided by seeking knowledge and by obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives him even more guidance. And that is because the reward for a good deed, the reward for hasana, is more good. That Allah enables a person to do more good. So this is one of the ways that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala aids the talibul ilm, the sincere student of knowledge, the sincere seeker of knowledge, who tries to put it into practice, then Allah gives him more knowledge. He enables for him, or he makes it easy for him to increase and to get more knowledge. And this is something which is witnessed. This is something which is experienced by people who sincerely study and who make efforts in order to learn their religion. They find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it easy for them to learn even more. They end up learning more and benefiting more than they set out to learn. So this is the, this is the third way in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts a person who seeks knowledge on the path to Jannah. There is a fourth thing which is mentioned by some of the scholars, Ibn Rajab, he mentions this. And, and that is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, this hadith may mean that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also facilitates for the student of knowledge to benefit from this knowledge in the akhirah, in the hereafter, to benefit from his seeking of knowledge in the akhirah, in the hereafter, by making it easy for him to navigate the horrors that will be in the people's ways, in the, in, 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 that will, the obstacles and the, and the horrors of Yawmul Qiyamah. Because Yawmul Qiyamah, the day of judgment, is full of horrors. It is full of dangers that will take people by their sins because of their sins and because of how they disobeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there will be some hardships on the way to Jannah even for the believers even for the Muslims who have disobeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they will face horrors on the day of resurrection that, all, that a person can only be saved from if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saves them from those horrors. From them is the sirat, the path, the bridge over hellfire, which has been mentioned in the Quran and in the Sunnah. And that everyone is going to have to pass over this bridge. And this bridge has hooks which will snag people and it will take people 
according to their sins. Some people will pass over this sirat, they will pass over this bridge like lightning or like the blinking of an eye quickly and they will face no difficulty and on the other side is Al-Jannah. The bridge passes over hell and on the other side of it is the way to Jannah. Some people, however, will be slowed down because of their sins, because of how they disobeyed Allah in this life. And some people will be snagged by the hooks. And this, and this sirat is thinner than a hair, and it is sharper than the blade of a sword. All this has come in the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, this description of a sirat. And some of the other problems and horrors that people will face on Yawm Al-Qiyam like people being uh, submerged in their own sweat when the sun will come down or the sun will draw close to the distance of a mile over the heads of the people on Yawm Al-Qiyam on the day of resurrection and the people will be standing in their own sweat and some people their sweat will reach their ankles or their knees. And some people will be bridled, meaning up to their mouths. They will be in their drowning or they will be submerged in their own sweat. So, Yawmul Qiyamah, and we seek refuge with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yawmul Qiyamah has horrors. And one of those people, or one of those categories of people that will be helped navigate to navigate those horrors and to get to Al-Jannah is the Talibul Ilm, is the one who seeks knowledge of his religion. And this is the fourth way that some scholars have mentioned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will facilitate for the Talibul Ilm, for the seeker of knowledge, the path to Al-Jannah. And that is in the Akhirah, in the hereafter, where a person will have to navigate to get to Al-Jannah he will have to navigate pitfalls and obstacles and horrors because of his own deeds, because of his own actions. And Allah wrongs nobody. And Allah wrongs no one. It will be due to their own deeds and due to their own deficiencies in this life that people will face those difficulties in the Akhirah. So these are four ways in which, this, uh, which scholars have mentioned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala facilitates or helps a person who seeks knowledge to get to the path or, uh, or, or to get to a path and be upon the path to Al-Jannah. And this all goes to show us that seeking knowledge is a, is a way to Jannah, is one of the ways and one of the causes of a person being admitted into Al-Jannah by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's permission. And the reason for this is clear. The reason for this is clear. The reason that a path to Jannah is facilitated for the seeker of knowledge who is sincere is that knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's religion, knowledge of what Allah said and what his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, knowledge is the thing that points to Allah. Knowledge is the thing that directs a person to Allah from the closest and easiest way. It is the most direct path or the most direct way to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is knowledge. 
And as the ulama say, whoever tries to seek or whoever tries to follow a path to Allah, thinking that this is a path to Jannah, thinking that this is a path to paradise, without knowledge, then he has followed the most difficult and treacherous path. And in the end, it will not lead him to what he wants. And in the end, it will not lead him to what he wants. As the ulama say, فَلَا طَرِيقَ إِلَى مَعْرِفَةِ اللَّهِ وَإِلَى الْوُصُولِ إِلَى مَرْضَاتِهِ وَإِلَى الْفَوْزِ فِي الْآخِرَةِ إِلَّا بِالْعِلْمِ النَّافِعِ الَّذِي أَنزَلَهُ اللَّهُ فَإِنَّهُ الدَّلِيلِ عَلَيْهِ وَبِهِ يُهْتَدَى فِي ظُلُمَاتِ الْجَهْلِ وَالشُّبَهِ وَالشُّكُوكِ Because there is no way to know Allah and to reach His pleasure and to reach success and, and felicity in the akhirah in the hereafter, except through beneficial knowledge. And that is the knowledge that Allah revealed in the Qur'an and in the Sunnah, because that is the dalil, that is the, that is the guide that points and directs a person to these things, to Allah. And it is through this knowledge that a person seeks guidance in the darkness of jahl, ignorance, and doubts. And false beliefs All of these things They affect a person Or they can, uh, they can assault a person in his life Ignorance And a shubah False arguments and false beliefs And doubts Shukuk And the only thing And this is all darkness This is all in the Quran and in the Sunnah In many places Ignorance is equated with darkness and the only light, the only way to be guided through this darkness is through knowledge. So this is clear why a person's path to Jannah is facilitated if he seeks knowledge. Because knowledge is the only way to Allah. And it's the only way to um, be successful in the Akhirah. And anyone who thinks that they can get to Allah and that they can get to the Akhirah and be successful in the hereafter without knowledge then that person has not only taken a path which is the most difficult and the most uh, treacherous path full of problems and obstacles and dangers and pitfalls but the path doesn't even take him to where he wants to get it won't even lead him to Jannah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran has likened or has equated ignorance and misguidance with darkness. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made or has called the knowledge which He revealed in the Quran and in the Sunnah, He calls it light. And this is, of course, in many places in the Quran. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said about His, his book, the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called it a nur, a light, by which people are guided in the darkness. Allah 
ويخرجهم من الظلمات إلى النور بإذنه ويهديهم إلى صراط مستقيم which means to you has come verily to you has come from Allah a light and a book a clear book Allah guides with it those who seek his pleasure he guides them to the paths of peace and success subul salam and he takes them out of the darknesses into the light by his permission and he guides them to a straight path so it is only through knowledge of the book the the the, the revelation that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed where a person is guided from the darkness into the light and he is put on a straight path and this is why this is why knowledge the, the reward for seeking knowledge is that allah makes it easier for you to be on the path to al jannah and in this vein we find that in the sunnah and in the statements of our pious predecessors the salafus salih starting from the companions we find that the scholar the person who knows the person of knowledge he is he is regarded as being like a star a guiding light by which people are guided and this analogy or this uh, uh, this uh, illustration of the scholar the person of knowledge being like a star by which people are guided this is found in some ahadith however some scholars have mentioned that those uh, uh, that the hadith from the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is not authentic but it is mentioned from some of the sahaba from, from some of the companions like abu darda himself and likewise from the great scholars of the past from the students of the companions the tabi'in for example the great uh, tabi'i or student of the companions the great scholar abu muslim al-khawlani rahimahullah and he is known as being one of the leaders of the tabi'in he said mathal al-ulama fi al-ard كمثل النجوم في السماء إذا بدت لهم اهتدوا وإذا خفيت عليهم تحيروا. He said, the example or the likeness of the scholars, those who know, those who have knowledge, is like uh, uh, in the earth, is like that of the stars in the sky. When the stars appear in the sky, then people can be guided, and when the stars are hidden, then the people are in confusion. And this is in reference to the fact that navigation upon the earth, one of the means of navigation, and in fact, the basis of navigation at night is the stars. So the stars are used and have been used, and this is one of their jobs. This is one of the purpose, uh, one of the purposes of stars in the sky, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put stars in the sky for three reasons. One of them is to, na- is to help people navigate to find the Qibla at night or to navigate, uh, 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 to get to a certain destination, to know the different directions, north, south, east and west. So the scholars, uh, the, the, the Salaf used to liken the scholars amongst the people as stars. They are the real stars. 
in the sense that stars are, are, they, they, they are used for navigation. People get guided by following the stars. Likewise, Abu Qilaba, who is another imam from the imams of the tabi'in, from the students of the companions, he said, مَثَلُ الْعُلَمَاءِ مَثَلُ النُّجُومِ وَالْأَعْلَامِ يَهْتَدِي بِهَا النَّاسِ فَإِذَا تَوَارَتْ تَرَدَّدُوا فِي الْحَيْرَةِ He said, the example or the likeness of the ulama, the likeness of the scholars, is that of the nujum, the stars in the sky, and the landmarks or signs upon the earth. People are guided by them, and so if they are hidden, if they become hidden or they disappear, then the people go about in confusion. And this is all because we said, this. remember we said that knowledge from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is light. In the Quran and the Sunnah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's revelation is described as nur, as light by which people are guided in the darkness. Therefore, the scholars are likened to the stars because they give the light that they have from the Quran and the Sunnah. They have the knowledge and that light which they have acquired from the Prophet ﷺ through knowing the Quran and Sunnah, through having knowledge of the religion, then they are in a position to guide mankind through the darkness of ignorance and false beliefs and false ideas and doubts. And so this likeness of them being like the stars is very appropriate. And the ulama mention, they say that this, this uh, likeness is very appropriate because knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and knowledge of Allah's religion is only something which can be known or Allah is known and his religion is known only through evidence that points to it, through the dalil through evidence that points and guides a person to this knowledge. And this is something which is clarified and is explained in the Qur'an and in the Sunnah. And the ulama, the scholars, who know what Allah has revealed in the Qur'an and the Sunnah, they are the ones who point others to, the, to this knowledge. They are the ones who guide or who direct others to this knowledge which is in the Qur'an and the Sunnah. And such... And as such, the people are guided by them in the, in the darkness of ignorance and doubts and misguidance. The stars, as we mentioned, the stars in the sky, they have three benefits. They are the, amongst the things, amongst the benefits for which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created these stars and put them in the sky. There are three things that are mentioned in the Quran and the Sunnah. The first is that the stars are used as guidance. People are guided in the darkness by navigating via the stars. And this is something mentioned in the Quran in more than one place. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَبِالنَّجْمِ هُمْ يَهْتَدُونَ In Surah An-Nahl, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَبِالنَّجْمِ هُمْ يَهْتَدُونَ And by the stars they are guided. Meaning that navigation upon the earth in the darkness of the night can be done by knowing this knowledge of how to navigate using the stars. 
And this is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put the stars in the sky for. Likewise, the second purpose or the second benefit of the stars is that they are a zina, they are a beautification, a decoration for the sky. They are a decoration, they are put there by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to decorate the sky. The sky is beautiful at night by the appearance of the stars. And this is a benefit for us. And thirdly, they are missiles against the shayateen, against the devils. The stars of the sky have been created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the purpose of striking the shayateen, the devils, who try to listen in and corrupt what they hear from the heavens or from the angels. And these two last purposes that have just been mentioned are mentioned in the ayah in Surah Al-Mulk where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said وَلَقَدْ زَيَّنَّ السَّمَاءَ الدُّنْيَا بِمَصَابِيحَ وَجَعَلْنَاهَا رُجُومًا لِلشَّيَاطِينَ Which means, and we have decorated the sky uh, or we have decorated the lowest heaven with these lamps or these masabih meaning the stars and we have made them missiles or projectiles against the devils to drive away the devils the point is here as the ulama mentioned such are the ulama the ulama those who are knowledgeable also fulfill three purposes or three great benefits. Number one, people can be guided by listening to them. They are guided in the darkness of ignorance. Secondly, the scholars are a beautification for this earth. The existence and the presence of scholars on this earth beautifies this earth. And thirdly, it is through the scholars that the devils who spread misguidance and who mix the truth with falsehood and who introduce into the religion that which is not from it, from innovation, ahwa and bid'ah, misguidance and innovations and heresies, it is the ulama who drive those devils amongst mankind away, the devils who misguide people in their religion. So they, there is a parallel between the stars of the sky and the stars or the ulama on this earth. Just like the stars in the sky are used for guidance, for navigation, likewise people on earth are guided in the darkness of ignorance by the scholars. And secondly, just like the stars in the sky beautify the sky, they make it look pretty and they make it look beautiful, then the scholars on this earth are a beautification for this earth because of their noble actions, their knowledge, their noble speech, and their akhlaq, their, 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 um, char their character and morals, and their behavior. They, are, they, they beautify the earth. And likewise, just as the stars in the sky are missiles against the devils that try to fly up into the heavens, then likewise, the scholars are missiles, are weapons against the people who try to spread ignorance and misguidance on this earth. And they are the devils amongst mankind. Because a shayateen, devils are of two kinds. There are shayateen ul-ins wa shayateen al-jinn. 
There are devils amongst mankind and there are devils amongst the jinn. The shaitan is not just from the jinn. The shaitan can also be a person. And so those who spread misguidance and uh, ignorance, those who teach wrong things about the religion or who lie against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or try to mix truth and falsehood about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his religion, then the weapon against those devils who do this on this earth are the ulama, they're the scholars. And as long as these scholars are present, as long as these scholars are present, the people of knowledge are present, then people can be upon guidance. And the uh, continuation of knowledge on earth, the continuation of knowledge in this life, is by the scholars continuing to be present on this earth. If the scholars go, when the scholars go, then people fall into misguidance. And this is, as is mentioned in the hadith, the authentic hadith, in which the Prophet said, and this hadith is in Al-Bukhari and Muslim, the Prophet said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَقْبِضُ الْعِلْمَ انْتِزَاعًا يَنْتَزِعُهُ مِنْ صُدُورِ الرِّجَالِ وَلَكِنْ يُذْهِبْ الْعِلْمِ بِذِهَابِ أو بِذَهَابِ الْعُلَمَاءِ فَإِذَا لَمْ يَبْقَ عَالِمٌ اتَّخَذَ النَّاسُ رُؤُوسًا جُهَالًا فَسُئِلُوا فَأَفْتَوْ بِغَيْرِ عِلْمِ فَضَلُّوا وَأَضَلُّوا Verily Allah does not seize, he does not take away knowledge by snatching it from the hearts of men. How, but Allah takes away knowledge by the disappearance of the ulama, by the going away, the dying, and the departure of the ulama, the scholars, those who know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's religion. Until when no alim remains, until when no scholar remains, the people will take ignorant leaders. They will take ignorant leaders. And those leaders who are ignorant, and people have taken them to lead them in their religion, they will be asked questions and they will give fatwa. They will give rulings without knowledge. And such, and as such, they will themselves go astray. They will fall into dalala and they will lead others astray. So, the, so knowledge remaining amongst people and guidance remaining amongst people is as long as their scholars are, remain and they go to their scholars. When the scholars go and people take ignorant, they listen to ignorant people and they listen to ignorant uh, leaders, they take as leaders in their religion, ignoramuses. They ask them questions and they provide them answers without knowledge. What is the consequence? They go astray themselves and they lead others astray. This is what the Prophet ﷺ said. This is what he told us will happen. And Allahul Musta'an, we seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's aid. This is what we have been facing. This is what we see. The more people take ignorant people as their leaders, 
the more we find people going astray. So the point here is that this knowledge being the path to Jannah is something very clear. And, if, and, and knowledge being a light and a guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the darkness of ignorance and misguidance is something clear from the Quran and the Sunnah. And as such, it is the people of knowledge who carry this light after the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And as we will come on to see, as we'll come on to see, the, uh, the scholars are the inheritors of the Prophets. The scholars are the inheritors of the Prophets. They inherit this, this light, this knowledge, this guidance from the Prophets and they give it to the people. They teach it and they call to it and they give it to the people. So this is part of the hadith uh, and we will wrap up for, uh, with that tonight and we will continue inshallah ta'ala in the next class going through the many lessons and principles that are mentioned in this hadith. So far we've looked at the first couple of sentences from the hadith. مَنْ سَلَكَ طَرِيقًا يَطْلُبُ فِيهِ عِلْمًا سَلَكَ اللَّهُ بِهِ طَرِيقًا مِنْ طُرُقِ الْجَنَّةِ which is the first sentence, the first part of the hadith in which the Prophet ﷺ said, whoever follows a path seeking therein knowledge, then Allah will put him on a path to Jannah. This is the basic meaning of the first sentence of the hadith and we will resume inshallah ta'ala in the next uh, class uh, by looking at the rest of the hadith. أقول هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم والله تعالى أعلم وصلى الله وسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله